So this is a video that I've called five ways to take care of your emotions when you're taking care of others. So many of us at the moment are looking out for other people, whether that be our family members, whether that be our work colleagues, whether it be our employees. And so what can happen for us at a time when there is a lot of distress within the community is we can carry a lot of those emotions. I often talk about the fact that mood and emotions are contagious. And so as human beings, it's very much the case that there's times when we can absorb the emotions of others. And particularly if part of your role in life at the moment is caring for other people, one of the things we need to be mindful of is that that can sometimes come at a cost. If we are continuously looking after others, we can do so to the detriment of ourselves. So that's what I wanted to address in this video. We sometimes in the healthcare sector talk about a thing called compassion fatigue which is where when you spend a lot of time caring for other people, um, it, it, it drains us of our resources. Um, and what we're seeing most definitely within the healthcare sector at this point in time is a lot of compassion fatigue because it's exhausting looking after others, both physically in terms of the hours that are being done, but also emotionally in terms of the impact of that. And what we're actually seeing across the community now is there are more people who are uh, being impacted by compassion fatigue. People who typically look after other people within their role at work, but don't typically have the stressful load that we're seeing um, in, in our community at the moment. Um, little cameo there by my son. Um, so what I wanted to share with you is five key tips for what you can do to uh, manage your own load in terms of your emotions and the things that, that, you, that you're feeling. So the first thing that I would say to you is to pay attention, pay attention to your body and pay attention to how you're feeling within yourself. Know what your signs are when you start to feel overloaded or overwhelmed by some of the emotions. Um, I'm feeling the emotion of humour at the moment. I think I just saw him creep past again. Keep an eye out for him. I'm sure he'll come past when he wants something to eat. Um, so looking out for some of the signs. So it might be that uh, you're fatigued, um, which goes without saying, but maybe it's affecting your sleep at night and you're not sleeping particularly well. Or maybe you're really struggling to get out of bed in the morning. Maybe you're feeling exhausted. Maybe you're feeling irritable or angry. Maybe you're feeling sad. Maybe there's more conflict in some of your relationships. Um, maybe it's affecting your, uh, your hunger. Maybe you're eating more or maybe you're skipping meals. Um, and maybe you're making choices that you typically wouldn't. So maybe you are drinking more or you've stopped exercising, those sorts of things. So keep an eye on some of those things. And what I would say to you is that if you've noticed that there's been a change emotionally in how you're feeling and you feel some of those factors, then pay attention to them because that's your body telling you something. It's actually data. It's feedback. And when you start to notice those, and the earlier that you can notice them, the better, because then you can do something about them. Um, so it's also important to uh, set yourself emotional boundaries. So what, what I mean when I talk about here is be mindful of the people that you give the most of you to. So be mindful of the people that you give the most of you to. So um, it goes without saying that probably within your immediate family unit, within your close friendship circle, perhaps with your immediate colleagues um, or for, for staff that you, you look out for, you might spend a lot of time with them in relation to their emotions and how they're going. And then what I would say is to be um, 
mindful as to how much you give of yourself to everybody else. So one of the terms that we've often used in the therapeutic setting is the notion of dispassionate caring. And whilst that sounds a bit harsh, um, what dispassionate caring is about is about caring for others at a distance, so almost one step removed. So if you can imagine the work of working as a psychologist, one of the reasons that I was able to work in that for many years is I employed what, what is known as dispassionate caring. I cared about my clients, I cared about them a lot, yet I was able to care about them in a way that I didn't then carry it with me beyond the consulting room. So I'm sure that clients that I sat with at those times when I was counselling with them did feel my empathy and it was genuinely there, but I was able to disconnect from it as the session finished. So that's one of the things to think about is to think about who are you giving your um, full energy to and who are the people that you need to um, be kind to, be empathic to, but not carry their load. And that can be very difficult when we do things like we watch stories on the news, particularly if we see sad stories. If you, if you constantly ingest a diet of sadness, then it's going to have a load on you. So it's, it's about that ability to still be compassionate as a human being and to see these stories and see, see them for what they are. And then it's about your ability to put a little bit of separation between them and you. And if you find it hard to do that, then that's a sign that you need to reduce your diet of news at the moment because there's so much of it there. It might be that you need to spend less time inquiring after people when they maybe have other people to care for them. So just being mindful of the boundaries that you set around your emotions is going to be really important. The other thing, and I guess this is where you get to employ your creative brain a little bit, is to find ways to shift your mood. Um, and this is, this is tip number three. So shifting your mood is a useful thing. And there's probably things that you can do that very quickly shift your mood. Um, I've talked before in other videos about if I instantly want to shift my mood, I've been inside for a long time and obviously we're restricted now in terms of how far afield that we can travel beyond our own fences and, and where we can go and why we should be doing it. So if I want an instant mood changer, I will go out and hang out a load of washing. Now, it's not the most exciting of tasks, but there's a start, there's a finish. And for me, most importantly, is there's fresh air. So fresh air for me is one of those things that hopefully if you can go outside, then it's one of those things that can help to shift your mood. Another thing for me is music. So if I want to shift my, my mood, then I might change the music that I'm listening to. Get up, stretch, move around a little bit, listen to the music and, and you get those instant changes. So being able to have things that you can do outside, things that you can do to change, you, you know, you will know what it is for you and there might be other things there that, that are helpful for you. It might even be sometimes, I mean, this was a strategy I used to use long, long before these times that we're in, but if I was going in between um, uh, bits of work, so I would say I'd been working on a project for, say, 45 minutes and I'd finished it and I was ready to move to the next task, I would just watch two minutes of um, video from something like the Graham Norton show or uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway? or you know, wh whatever it is that you might find funny or a mood changer, um, just watch a little bit of that and it would freshen me up instantly. So having, having um, those things that you can do to freshen you up. Then in addition to those quick little strategies, tip number four is to know what are your personal helpful coping strategies? What are things that help you to moderate and manage how you're feeling? Is it through breathing and breathing exercises? Or is it through an activity like yoga or Pilates? Um, is it through practicing gratitude? And I'm such a big fan of gratitude because it, it basically is impossible to be grateful um, 
and and you know complaining and unhappy at the same time so if you can bring yourself to a point where you're focusing on what you do have even in the challenging times that we have we do have a lot so being grateful for you know that's a great practice that you can do that will help you to manage your moods and your emotions you know you might be someone who likes to journal um, and there's no doubt that in these times we are in a significant part of history so maybe there's something that you'd like to document about your part in this journey that might help you and particularly if you think about the things that you're grateful for and you write them down or you journal how you're doing um, you know if we're in this for a while and the, the suggestions are that we're going to be it may even be helpful to be able to look back on some of your thoughts um, maybe if you've got kids in the house maybe they'd like to keep some sort of diary and even if it's it's a visual one they like to draw or paint or whatever it is um, those sorts of things can be useful we know people matter so connecting with other people and talking with a friend can be useful too to think about how, how we're coping and how we're, how, we're, um, how we're managing. And of course, humour that I mentioned before, bringing humour into some of the things that we do. So those are all useful, helpful coping strategies that you can use to help take care of your emotions, particularly for those of you who take a lot of time to care for others. And tip number five is, um, in addition to monitoring yourself and how you're going, think about the things that you need. So do you need debriefing? Is there someone, if, it, if it's a workplace setting, is there someone in your organisation that you can talk to about what you've been doing, how you've been going, how you think that you're managing? They may or may not have a solution for you, but there is great value in being listened to. You know, I think it was Moshi Lang who said that to be heard is profoundly healing. And there's no doubt that when you listen to someone and you truly listen to them and you reflect back to them what you've heard them say, um, that's a very powerful intervention that you can do. Um, and you may find that outside of your personal networks, you might need to seek outside assistance. So there are many, many counselling um, agencies that you can contact, you know, Beyond Blue, Lifeline, Kids Helpline. There's many uh, through our defence services as well, Open Arms, a whole range of things um, that you can access. And then, of course, there are uh, practitioners who, and you know, many counsellors and psychologists are now offering services such as telehealth so much of this can now be serviced from home um, and and some some are opting to do that in rooms but what i would say to you is is that managing your emotional well-being is incredibly important um, i often say to people when they are always putting other people first and perhaps that resonates for you or you're someone that prioritizes other people is there's no way that you can care for other people effectively if you're not caring for yourself and if you have people in your lives that you are a role model to and I would think that that's most people then think about what you're role modeling in terms of how you cope with this it's important that the people around you see you caring for you and looking after you and I'll finish with a piece of advice that isn't mine um, but I often lean on and that is the advice that we're given when we are flying a plane and it's flying in a plane well you might be flying a plane I don't fly a plane but flying in a plane um, that the safety briefing tells us that in, in the event of unexpected turbulence, masks will fall from the ceiling and you should put on your own mask before putting on anyone else's. And that is such great advice. You can't help other people unless you help yourself. Look after you, take care of your emotions. So you do that through the five steps that I talked about. So monitor what's happening for you physically and emotionally. Set emotional boundaries where it's appropriate with people. Find uh, quick strategies that you can use um, to shift and change your mood. 
and make sure that you have some helpful coping strategies that work for you to help you to manage yourself and manage your well-being and to look after you. And then finally, find someone to connect with that you can talk through some of the challenges that you're facing, and whether that be through a friend, whether that be debriefing, or whether that be through formal counselling channels. But it's important to look after you if you're looking after others and wish you well um, through this time.